Thanks for listening to the Northridge Christian Podcast. At Northridge, we exist to help people move closer to Christ. We believe that following Jesus is a journey, and we want to help you through that journey any way we can. We pray that you grow in your walk with God through this message today. So prepare your heart and mind for this teaching from our lead pastor, Adam Scott. Hey, hey, good to see you guys today. Hey, looking around this room, I would say we've got a lot of curious obsessions, don't we? I mean, I I look around and I see some John Millage fans and some GMC fans. We got some Georgia fans. Uh, We even had a good word from a Miami fan. Can you believe that? It's crazy what's going on in here. We got a lot of Alabama fans and you guys know how to pray, okay? That's what I know. You guys are a praying group of people and, and we're celebrating with you today. Listen, all the things that we follow, and there's, there's a ton of them, right? And there's a ton of different things that we're pursuing. It's all fun, but it's just stuff, right? I mean, essentially, it's meaningless. But the thing is, once we decide to follow Jesus, absolutely everything about our life changes. Amen? Hey, make some noise like you're at a football game if you believe that to be true. Awesome, awesome. All right, I like that. I like that. Hey, listen, 2 Chronicles 16.9, we've revisited this passage over and over and over throughout this series, and it, it basically says that Jesus is searching the earth, okay? God is, is looking out among the earth, and, and he's looking for people that are fully committed to him, and when he finds those people, he's going to strengthen them, and he's going to use them in a powerful way. You see, the plan was, it is, and it always will be that going all in with Jesus will impact our lives in an unmatched and unmistakable way. That's what we've been talking about for the past five weeks throughout this series. We were actually supposed to end this series last week. Our plan was that we were going to end it with Jonathan's challenge to to call us towards obedience in the simple areas of life. But God just keeps stirring in my heart that we're not done yet. There's something left to be said. And so if it's okay with you, we're going to spend two more weeks camping out in this series, and we're going to lean into what God has to say to us now. Let's get started. How many of you would say that you're socially awkward? Anybody? Okay. Few of you raised your hands. Okay. Let's do a poll. Okay. If you feel like you are moderately socially awkward, which means sometimes you start a sentence, you have no idea where you're going with it, but you keep talking anyway, raise your hand. Okay. It's quite a few of you. Okay. If you are severely socially awkward, which means sometimes you meow at strangers. Okay. Raise your hand. Anybody in that category? I, I, can be, I can be moderately socially awkward, okay? You won't pick up on it too much here because I spend hours figuring out what I'm gonna say up here, but if you, if you were to run into me at Kroger, you would wonder how I don't fall down more often, okay? That's why when I'm out in public, a lot of times you'll find me, I'm, I'm hiding behind my extroverted wife, okay? Because she can talk to anybody about anything and I don't have to put myself out there. I remember a few months ago, I told her, I said, hey, there's this, this couple from church that I've really been trying to get together with for, for months now, and I just can't seem to make it work. Can you make it work for us? She said, absolutely. That was Saturday night, Sunday after church, we got together with them. I'm just like, I don't understand how you do this. Almost every single friendship I have was formed because my wife dragged me along and she willed it into existence. She is the bridge between me and any and all healthy human contact. If you want a relationship with me, my wife is the key to make it happen. Now listen, why am I telling you this? 
Because the Bible actually paints a similar picture of the church. You see, the church is the bride of Christ. And there is a part of Jesus that we will never be able to access or experience without the context of Christian community. We will never be all in with Jesus until we devote ourselves to his bride, the church. That's why Paul talks about this in Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. This is a, a passage that we have clung to over the past couple years as we've been battling this COVID pandemic. But it says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. You see, what he says here is that the church is a community that's designed to take us closer to Jesus. The church is a community where we receive and offer encouragement. It's a community where we find the strength to persevere through life's struggles. And it's a community where we experience the development of our spiritual gifts and we also develop the character of Christ. The truth is, apart from the family unit, the church is and always will be the most impactful and important institution in all of human existence. Here's today's sermon in a sentence. Devotion to the church, it changes everything. It doesn't just change a little bit, it, it changes everything from, from your life expanding outward. Devotion to the church, deep and focused commitment is a benchmark and a strategy of a person who desires to be all in with Jesus. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and open up to Acts chapter two, verses 42 through 47. This chapter highlights the establishment of the church after the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus. This, this chapter is actually the birth of the church. But even though it's in this chapter that the church is born, this is also the chapter where the church begins to explode. Okay, next week we're gonna camp out in that part of the story where, where we're gonna talk about the fact that thousands upon thousands of people were, were turning to Jesus and engaging with the church. But today we're gonna take a look at what those thousands and thousands of new believers did and how they devoted themselves to the church and what kind of impact that had on their lives. Let's start with verse 42 and 43. That's what it says. It says they, meaning the early Christians, okay, all these people that are turning to Jesus for the first time, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Listen, that's important. Everyone was in awe of the wonders and signs performed by the apostles. That same phrase, okay, wonders and signs, has actually been used in the Bible to describe the mighty works of Jesus. The implication of that is that these apostles, these were the closest followers of Jesus. They have physically walked with and been transformed to be like Jesus. Before Jesus, they were just ordinary people. Okay, some of them were fishermen and, and some were tax collectors. Some of them were, were, were doctors or political activists. But after Jesus, they were doing incredible things that were beyond the abilities of an ordinary person to do. 
Listen, the thousands of new believers, they recognize that there's just something different about this group and, and they want to experience it for themselves. And so they devote themselves to the church. They become fully committed to this community of believers because they think that maybe by surrounding themselves with these individuals, their life might be transformed too. You see, what they desire is that by association, by proximity, by being in this community, some of what they have will rub off on them. I think of it kind of like this, my, my eight, nine-year-old daughter, okay, my nine-year-old daughter, she went through a period of time where she was obsessed with Peppa Pig. Anybody have the misfortune of having a kid that went through a Peppa Pig phase? Okay, basically, if you don't know the show, it's a British show where, where Daddy Pig goes oink, oink, and then Mommy Pig goes oink, oink, and it's, it's a terrible show that you don't want to watch. But they all speak with a British accent because it's a British show. And my daughter, when she was obsessed with this, she looked at us one day, she said, it's a wee bit chilly outside. <laughs> You're from Milledgeville. We're signing you up for speech therapy right here and right now. Okay, it just rubbed off on her because she was exposed to it on a regular basis. That's, that's what the early Christians longed for. They wanted to be personally transformed by their proximity and association to Christ's followers. That's why they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That would eventually become known as the New Testament that we're studying right now. That's why they embraced fellowship with one another. They ate together, they, they laughed together, they, they cried together, they encouraged one another. They took communion together like we just did a minute ago. They prayed together on a regular basis. Their faith was not a private thing. They didn't commit themselves to having a relationship with Jesus in a vacuum. They were devoted to and transformed by the church. Here's the first thing that we need to understand about being devoted to the church then and now. That's devotion to the church changes me. That's where it starts. When I become devoted to the church, devoted to the body of Christ, it makes me look more like Christ. You see, in all of our lives, there's this tug of war that's happening. There's this tug of war between what the world values and what the world embraces and what the world teaches and, and what the love of Jesus calls us to be. And on this side of heaven, that battle is always going to exist. It is always going to be a prominent part of our human existence. And too many Christians are fighting this battle by tugging on the rope all by themselves and then they're wondering why they can't possibly win day after day after day after day. It's because God designed this fight to be one in community. God's plan from Genesis all the way to Revelation, from the beginning all the way to the end is that you and I, we would sit under biblical teaching together. That we would pray with unity together that we would eat, that we would laugh, that we would cry, that we would talk together, that we would work out the application of God's love in our lives together. Listen, we simply cannot and will not reach our fullest potential apart from the influence of Jesus through the church. What that means is this, if you're in a place where, where you need strength in your life right now, like you're up against something and it's beating you up, it's wearing you out, it's, it's completely knocking you down. The solution is you need to get more involved in the church and let Jesus show up in your life through that. 
If you need direction in your life, you're confused and and you're lost and you just don't know what to do, you need to get more involved in the church and let Jesus speak to you through that. If you need encouragement, like you're doing okay, but you don't know if you have the capacity to sustain this for the long haul, you need to get more involved in the church and let Jesus work through that. If you wanna hear the voice of God, if you wanna know what his will for your life is, you need to get involved in the church and Jesus will speak to you through that. Personal transformation happens in the context of Christian community. Can I take this a little bit farther? Okay, you gotta give me some feedback because this is gonna upset some people and I need to know that you're with me, okay? Can I go a little bit farther with this? Okay, listen, if you have been attending Northridge Christian Church for over a year, okay? If you've been attending Northridge Christian Church for over a year and you have still not found relational community, okay, typically here that's done through joining a group or joining a serve team. If you have not done that in a year, this church cannot take you any closer to Jesus than you are right now. It does not matter what I say up here and it doesn't matter how many times you ring the attendance bell out there, this is the peak until you stop attending church and start devoting yourself to it. Which means, among other things, that you're gonna choose to be intentional and strategic about surrounding yourselves with other people, other Christians that are on the same path that you are, that are gonna strengthen you, that are gonna help you, that are gonna lead you deeper than you could ever go on your own. Listen, our heart was designed to be in a relationship with Jesus through the context of Christian community. Let's keep going because I haven't offended everybody just yet, okay? (laughs) A distinctive feature of this early church was the way in which the believers, they used anything and everything that they had to invest in that community that they had built with one another. They met the needs of the people that were in the context of this Christian community. Is what it says in verses 44 through 47. It says, all the believers were together and, and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. Listen, every single time we we talk about tithing, okay? Tithing is is the biblical principle of giving 10% of your income to the church. I always have somebody that gets mad, okay? I have somebody that'll get up, they'll walk out, they'll come meet with me in my office and they say, that's an Old Testament standard and I'm not gonna do it. That's fine. This is the New Testament standard right here. The New Testament standard is that generosity in the church happens because everything we have, everything, 100% is entrusted to us by God to meet the needs of the people that are here. 100%, not 10%, 100%. All of our money, all of our resources, all of our possessions, all of our time, all of our talent, all of our energy, and all of our resources, they are a blessing from God for the sake of others. That's what the church in Acts did. 
Listen, one of the most popular stories in the Bible is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. Uh, it says 5,000 men. We don't really know how many people are there. Probably close to 10,000 people. And all of these people, they got hungry. They needed something to eat. Their church service went on way too long. Methodists were already taking over the, the local restaurants. And so, and so Jesus was gonna come in here and, and he was gonna feed them. And, and now this is Jesus, right? He can do anything. He could snap his fingers and like food would, would just show up. They'd have a buffet, steak and all sorts of stuff. But he doesn't do that. You remember what he does, don't you? He looks to the crowd and there's this one little boy and he comes up with five loaves of bread and two fish and he uses that boy's gift to meet the needs of the community. He used somebody in the community to meet the needs of the community. Listen, that's the goal. That's what we do as a church. We come together as a community and we take whatever we have and we place it in Jesus' hands and we allow him to multiply it so that this place can be transformed. Listen, we're gonna embrace this today. I, I want you to reach into your pocket and pull out $20, okay? No, I'm just kidding. You, you guys just panicked, okay? I'm not gonna do that. Here's the bottom line. Devotion to the church, it changes the church. See, the more devoted that I am to the church, the more I will be transformed to look like Jesus. But the more I look like Jesus, the more God will use my presence to meet the needs of others in this place. Can I give you a powerful example of this? Just this past week, we had, we had a couple that, that went through a hard time. Um, they had to take off and, and they had to go to the hospital with one of their three kids and, and, and it was sudden and they ended up life flighting the kid all the way to Atlanta and they went with them and, and in that moment, like they, they had a lot of things to think about. You know, they've got two other kids at home, they've got all these other obligations and, and they just have the clothes on their back and they're sitting in a hospital room in Atlanta. But I want you to know that these people are involved in Christian community in multiple places in this church. And as a result of that, I want you to know that, that they had somebody that picked up and dropped off their kid from school. They had a Walmart delivery of groceries. They had a meal train that was started. They had babysitters that were lined up. Their Venmo was being shared so that they would have money to go buy food. And let me tell you something. Let me tell you, this was not organized by the church as an organization. This was organized by the community of people that they have a relationship with. That's a picture of the church in Acts. Listen, Jonathan already highlighted this idea of koinonia. It's the Greek word used to describe the fellowship of the church and it expresses this idea of, of participation, not just association. See, transformational community is more than proximity, it is shared partnership. We make each other better. Listen, that's why we don't have church membership. We have church partnership in just a few minutes at 11 o'clock, we're gonna have this thing called Discover Northridge. We're gonna be doing it every single month. And it's for people that are new to the church. They're gonna get a tour of the facilities. They're gonna get an overview of what we do as a church. And they're gonna be introduced to this idea of partnering with the church. See, it's a subtle change between membership and partnership, but we believe it makes a big impact. Instead of being a member, like, like a gym member or a country club member where you show up and you receive benefits without contributing anything towards the success of the organization, we have partners. You're going to benefit. You're going to get better. You're gonna receive help from this place, but you're also gonna sign up to be a part of the change that happens in this community. Let me ask you something, is your devotion to the church impacting the lives of others that are here? If not, 
then you are missing out on one of the greatest blessings that this place has to offer. Listen, there's one more category of change that occurs from the devotion of the early church. We find it in Acts chapter two, verse 47. And this is what it says. It says, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's the key word there, daily. The devotion of the early church, it was a daily affair. They didn't check the box on Sunday and then go about their business, move on with their lives. Even when they were away from the community of believers, they were focused on building up the community of believers. Listen, the church in Acts, they built this reputation in the world around them. They were bold and they were filled with love and passion and all of that combined together to bring the community around them, the world around them closer and closer and closer to Jesus every single day. Here's a third impact of our devotion to the church. Devotion to the church changes the community. It impacts those around us. Listen, we have not succeeded as a church until the community around us experiences the life-changing power of Jesus Christ through us. As if you read your e-news, you know that we've made another hire, okay? Just recently, we hired somebody. She's gonna be starting here in about a week. We're gonna bring her up on stage in a couple weeks. Some of you may know her already. Her name is Amy Rayburn. Anybody familiar with her? Amy served for years on staff at our church. She did an incredible job. And so we've talked to her and, and we've, we've brought her back into the staff and we're excited about what she's gonna bring. She's not stepping into the same role that she had before, but it's very, very similar. She's gonna be our community engagement pastor. Her job will be to connect every person, every ministry area, and every priority of this church to this community, okay? That's what she's gonna be doing. She'll be great at it. But listen, we also have other things that are going on here. John's been leading a team that's assessed all of our mission support over the past few months. And he's made some recommendations for how we can get more involved in, in the local community, but also in places all the way across the world so that we can make this world a better place. But let me tell you something, the most important tool we have for transforming the community and world is not a staff member, it's not a strategy, and it's not a financial agreement. It's you. And it's me. It's all in sold out Northridge Christians on every campus, every workplace, every single neighborhood in this community. A healthy church is marked by partners that are so devoted to the church that it shows up in their personal lives every single day. Listen, I ask this question all the time, but, but would the world miss us if we closed our doors? Would the world notice if Northridge Christian Church ceased to exist? Listen, if we are devoted to the church and devoted to Jesus, they absolutely will. Listen, I wanna read a verse to you. We've got a little bit of time. Matthew 16, 18, it's not gonna be on the screen. This is Jesus talking. He says, I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. He's talking about the church there. Okay, now I want you to understand that gates are a defensive weapon. You never march with gates. They protect what's already there. They're a defensive weapon and God promises that they will fall if we'll get up and go after it. If we'll get up and go into this community, there is nothing that can stop us. There is nothing that can hold us back because we will be the organization that changes everything. 
Let me tell you something. We've got a lot of momentum as a church and we've seen a lot of incredible growth. I was looking at numbers the other day. Our church attendance has doubled since January. Doubled since January. Man, we are praising God for that. But we're not praising God just because growth is happening. We're praising God because there is life change happening in each and every one of the people represented in that number. Because there is life change happening in this place because of what God is doing through you. And there is life change that is gonna happen when we gain influence in this community and take this community to Jesus Christ. Listen, our devotion to the church, it changes everything. It changed everything for the early Christians in Acts and it will change everything in our world today. Listen, if you look around the room, you'll, you'll notice that we have no problem devoting ourselves to things, right? The only reason we're doing this Team Sunday is because I wanted to wear a Georgia shirt on stage. I don't ever do it because there's going to be a Georgia Tech fan who's here and they're going to leave the church because I'm up here wearing a Georgia shirt. So let's have a team Sunday and I can wear exactly what I want. Let me ask you something. We're devoted to a lot of things. Will we devote ourselves first and foremost to the most impactful institution in all of human existence? The one that Jesus says will break down the powers of hell. The one that he's used throughout all of history as a symbol of hope change and love. That's our goal. That's the culture we want to create as a church. That's who we're going to commit ourselves to be. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you use messed up people like us. God, you don't ask us to be great. You don't ask us to have all the giftedness in the world. You don't ask us to be perfect. You just ask us to show up to be faithful, to say, I'm in, I'm plugged in, I'm gonna learn, I'm gonna grow, I'm gonna do what it takes. And God, you multiply that. Just like the boy that his lunch fed the 5,000 plus, God, you just want us to bring what we have and you promise to do the rest. God, I pray that you do a lot with what we have to offer now. God, we're not content with a full room. That's not what it's about for us because we know that's not what it's about for you. We're content when lives are changed and people are sold out and this community is transformed. God, I pray that you use us to do that today. God, I pray that it not just be a Sunday emphasis, but it be a daily commitment that each and every one of us makes so that we can be the church in the world every single day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Hey, one of the things that the book of Acts and talking about the early church, one of the things they emphasize is the power of prayer. It says over and over and over again that the church came together and they prayed. That was part of their community, their koinonia. That was, that was part of their responsibility as believers. And, and that's something we're gonna do together now. Just in unity, we're gonna offer our prayers to God. There's a lot of things that you may feel led to pray about during this time. You may pray for your life to be more transformed by your connection here at the church. You may pray that the people sitting next to you, that their lives would be transformed by your commitment to being here and being involved at the church. You may pray that your workplace is transformed and changed, that revival happens in this community because of what's going on in this place. Maybe you wanna pray. We got 17 middle school students that are coming back from camp right now. And man, I'm telling you, they're gonna come back with hearts on fire for Jesus. Maybe you wanna pray that even as they drive, God is stirring their hearts and getting ready to take his name to every single school campus in this community. I'll tell you, next week is gonna be a big week for our church. Next week, we're gonna talk about thousands upon thousands of people that turn to Jesus. And we're gonna call the church to make bold decisions to say, I'm in, sign me up. We're gonna call people to go straight to the water and get baptized. 
to turn to accept Jesus. Maybe you just wanna pray. Maybe you wanna pray that next week would transform lives and be a defining moment for us as a church. Listen, you can pray from your seat if you want to. You can sing out these words as a prayer to Jesus. You can come to the altars and pray. We've got people on both sides. Just follow the light. They'll pray with you if you want somebody to pray with. But let me tell you something. We're going to be all in Christians that build a culture of a church that is devoted to Jesus and being transformed by Him. Y'all stand up and let's sing. Thanks for listening to this message. You can keep up with what's happening at Northridge on your mobile device through our Northridge Christian app. If you have any questions about Northridge, you can contact us at info at northridge.online.